the open road is full of people behind the wheel. Take away the errand runners, the commuters, and the vacationers, and you have the people who drive for work. They may drive for different companies in different industries with a different goal in mind, but they're connected by the sometimes bumpy, sometimes smooth life on the road. If driving is your day to day, you are a road warrior. And this podcast, it's for you. Welcome to the Road Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Ryland. Every other week, we'll share the story of a new road warrior. Here's our latest guest. Hey, everybody. My name is Jeff Isaac, and I work as a business development consultant for uh, the Blue Book Building and Construction Network in Tucson, Arizona. And I help bring uh, general contractors and subcontractors together uh, to help complete commercial construction projects in Southern Arizona. Could you describe your role? What do you do exactly? So kind of a, a typical day uh, for us, we reach out and, and, and touch base with the general contractors, which again are the guys that are overseeing some of the big projects. So medical offices, hotels, retail, Starbucks, fast food places. So they need electricians, drywall, plumbers, HVAC contractors. They need those contractors to submit bids and then get hired to do the work. So my job is to connect with the general contractors, we call them GCs, to find out what their needs are. And then I have subcontractors that I have gone to and sold a membership into the network. And so I bring those two together. And a lot of the, the day is based on emails and phone calls to general contractors to find out what they need. And then what they need, I'll take that to my list of customers and say, hey, we've got these opportunities for you. And then it's prospecting. So I'll make a lot of phone calls during the day to potential new customers, uh, as well as we have projects that are our corporate office helps us find and then display those in our network. And so I will use those opportunities to go out and prospect to new businesses um, to join a network as well. So it's really just, it's kind of trying to bring those two sides together. How does that uh, look on a day-to-day basis? What's your routine look like? So uh, I'll get up pretty early, usually 5.30 or 6, and and get my day started by 7 because a lot of these guys, and especially in in southern Arizona, and we're now getting into the the really, really hot season. So a lot of these guys are out doing their work early. And so I'll start making phone calls early in the day and sending out emails early in the day as well. Uh, A lot of times, uh, if I don't have specific appointments, it's walking into general contractors' offices and seeing how we can help them and just let them know that we're a resource. Uh, and honestly, I spend a lot of time, you know, sitting in a Starbucks or the parking lot of a Starbucks or a coffee shop on the phones and, and, and sending out emails if I don't have specific appointments. Um, so it's kind of, you know, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emailing for prospecting and then driving around and, and trying to connect with the, the GCs. Yeah, I, I can imagine that makes you a bit of a, a familiar face in a lot of coffee shops. Yes, it does. Yeah, and especially Starbucks, as you put, they 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 try to do a good job of of trying to get to know their customers. So yeah, they get your name on on a regular basis. So it's, I wouldn't say it's quite like Norm going into Cheers and you know everybody knows your name, but yeah, it uh, you do see a lot of the same faces. So how long have you been in this role, and how did it start? 
So I've been with with these guys for I want to say eight months now. Worked in magazine advertising before this, and was laid off at the end of 2017. So I'd say the first eight months of of last year of 2018, did some remote work for a company I used to work for back in Washington State. And then got a call from a recruiter that I had worked with years ago when I lived in Washington uh, about this opportunity. And just, it was kind of interesting from her initially. It didn't sound like it was the right fit, but then I thought, well, I don't have a, a, a full-time job right now, so it's probably a good idea to look into it. And then when I got to talk to the training manager for Blue Book, and just to find out more, she did her screening interview with me to make sure I was a good fit. But hearing more from her about what they did, I thought, wow, okay, this seems pretty great. And I thought, or I had the opportunity to interview with my now manager and then his boss and got even more insight into what the position entails and, and the compensation and all that. And, and thought, wow, I, I could really do this. So went from there and then got into training in New York back in October of last year. So yeah, so I've been doing it for eight months and it's uh, it's been a big learning curve for me. Had no knowledge of commercial construction uh, really before this. So uh, it's been it's been fun. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a, a pretty big leap from ad sales to Blue Book. What would you say is the biggest challenge that you faced making that transition? You know, I, I think really just the product or how the process works in commercial construction. I mean, I worked for Starbucks years ago and then for a pharmaceutical company for a couple of years. And so, and then was with the company in Washington doing magazine ads for eight years and then a brief stint, uh, stint here. So I've been doing this kind of you know, sales for a long time. And, and the process is really kind of at a foundational level, the same, regardless of whatever the product is that you're selling. So that part, I mean, the, the, to be able to talk to someone and take them through a sales process wasn't big, but just knowing the product and kind of how, how the system works for commercial construction, that was probably the biggest thing and understanding what their needs were. Uh, you know, I think those, those were the two things, just, just what our product was to sell and then what the customer's needs are. Is this your first role? Where you're a mobile worker, where you're where you're driving a lot, or have you have you done that in the past? No, I, I have done that in the past. And when I was, I would say the first time that I was exposed to to that kind of work was uh, when I was in in pharmaceutical sales, and that was in 2007 and eight. And I mean, I it was crazy. I was putting probably a thousand to twelve hundred miles a week on my car, and thankfully it was a company provided car and they paid for the gas. This was, um, you know, back when the economy uh, crashed with the housing market. And so gas prices were crazy. But yeah, I was, I had a huge geography that I covered in a couple of spots. Um, so I don't know if you, if you, well, I'm sure you've heard of the Twilight Films. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I lived up in Washington and, and one of my doctors actually had a practice up in Forks, Washington, which is where those movies were filmed or parts of it were filmed up there. And it was from where I lived, then it was three hours okay, just gosh. to get there. Um, so, and that was just one way, you know, just to get up there. And it was funny, the first time I went, I didn't call ahead to make sure the doctor was in. So I get to his office and he wasn't there. It was his day off. 
Um, so it was, it was a lesson learned for sure. Um, but yeah, that, so that was interesting. So I, gosh, I listened to a lot of talk radio. Um, this is really before podcasts were, were popular, but yeah, I listened to talk radio and obviously had a CD player in the car. And so I, uh, listened to a lot of of music. I love sports. So I, I'm a sports radio junkie as well. And then when I was doing magazine sales in Washington, a lot of that was, driving around to different businesses and seeing existing customers and then going out kind of cold calling and dropping magazines off and trying to, to generate more business. Didn't drive around quite as much. I had an office that I could work out of, which was kind of nice. But yeah, so I guess for 10 years or so, I've been in jobs where it involves a, a good amount of driving. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of a seasoned hand behind the wheel. How many miles do you typically drive each week in your current role? So it's hit and miss here. And again, it kind of depends on if I have appointments or not. If I don't have appointments, then then I'll just I'll drive to a, a Starbucks close by and then kind of work from there just so I can have some quiet space to do that. But I, I would say, I mean, I'm I'm averaging at a monthly basis you know, anywhere from 1,500 to 1,800 miles. So, you know, four to 450 a week, it seems like. Okay. That's a lot of miles. It's more miles than I drive, that's for sure. <laughs> so what do you drive? What's your vehicle? I actually just bought it a few months ago, but I drive a 2013 Mazda CX-5, which is kind of a, a smaller SUV. And it, it's a four-cylinder, gets really good gas mileage. And that's kind of why uh, we bought the car, because it's a... When I first started the job, I was driving a 2006 BMW 3 Series, which is a nice little car, but just not a good road vehicle for this kind of job. So the gas was crazy. And again, it's a 13-year-old car. And uh, the older cars get, the more things start to break down. Yeah. Well, and I can imagine driving a BMW, you have to, you know, source the parts or what have you. I don't know what, what the dealership situation is like where you are, but... I can't imagine that would be cheap when things did start to break down. No, and I, I learned a long time ago with a couple of cars. I had a Volkswagen years ago, and I learned then that going to the dealer was not, unless it was a car you bought from them and it was under warranty, they charge so much more at the dealership. So we you know, we have an independent shop that we use, but even then it's still pretty spendy. So yeah, having a, a newer, and even a Japanese mate, they're usually more reliable engine and, and everything else. So. It's been good. Yeah, my previous roommate, he has a Mazda 5, and it, it was the perfect car. Just, It's not quite a mom vehicle, but it still allows you to like put a bunch of stuff in it, You know, like move yourself. It's not you know, a pickup truck or a Suburban, but it, it definitely fits the bill for just about anything you need. Absolutely, and that's another thing with storage space. It has a nice cargo area in the back, so I've got you know, boxes of magazines and mugs and things like that. So yeah, it's definitely nice having the space. How do you stay alert in your vehicle on tired days and long drives? Well, the nice thing for me is I don't have the long drive part. I mean, in, in Tucson, there is, there's one freeway that, that runs along one side of the town. Uh, and if you don't live near that, then you have to drive through town. And so, you know, from one end of town to the other, it could honestly take 40 or 45 minutes just because of the lights and the traffic. So I don't have any super long road trips. I mean, once in a while, I drive up to Phoenix to meet with the rest of the team and do some training, which is a little over an hour, so it's not bad. 
so, you know, I, I, again, used to work at Starbucks years ago, so I love coffee. So, you know, I'll use that sometimes to, to keep me going. But again, thankfully, I don't have a lot of those long road trips like I did in pharmaceutical sales where, you know, I'm driving three, four hours during a day. When you were a pharmaceutical rep, what were you doing then? Did you just have an inordinate amount of caffeine or what were ways that you stayed awake on the road? Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be coffee, really. And again, I, I left Starbucks to go to pharmaceutical sales. So, you know, I get, when you work at Starbucks for a little while, it kind of coffee's in your blood, so to speak. I might pull over somewhere and, and get out and walk around, stretch my legs a little bit. Doing that for, for five, 10 minutes just to kind of wake yourself up and then get back in the car. I haven't heard that one just yet. I mean, obviously, when you stop at a gas station after, you know, four or five hours in the car and you, you step out and you're like, whoa, legs. Yeah. Definitely brings you back to, to the present. But yeah, very, very cool. Thank you for that. Sure. What are your car comforts? What are the essentials you cannot drive without? Obviously, I have the car charger for my phone, and it, it's got Bluetooth capability, so I can listen to music or podcasts, sports radio, whatever it might be. But there isn't necessarily one particular accessory that I have in the car that's a must-have. I mean, I take my lunch with me, so I've got some snacks and that kind of thing. But really, it's just to make sure that I've got uh, my earbud to, to listen um, on phone calls. Sometimes it's easier to do that than doing it over the sound system. But my car charger and, and the, the charging cord are probably, and then my phone, obviously, are probably the biggest biggest things to make sure that I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the audio system. I know my parents, for a while, they, they thought that the audio system through the car was better than talking through the phone which is really challenging because, you know, they'd kind of be shouting and you'd hear the road and you'd be like, I can't really hear you. Yep. So I, I can understand that would be a challenge if you try to do that for, you know, business. Yeah, I'll keep it either with the speakerphone on my phone or the earbuds. And it's funny you mentioned your parents and in, in the, the car sound system. Mine are in their 70s and they still read the newspaper. They still have cable and watch the news and have a home phone. Um, and so when we would talk to them on the phone, they always put it on the speakerphone and it's the same kind of deal. Like you don't need to yell or I can't understand you because there's feedback. And so, yeah, same. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I fear what happens in 50 years when this technology is obsolete. Yeah. No kidding. So in the event of an accident, what do you do? Do you keep any nightmare necessities in your vehicle? Well, thankfully, I haven't experienced that yet, but I do have a, you know, you can go and buy these emergency car kits. So there's a little bit of first aid uh, in that. It's got jumper cables if if the battery um, goes down or, you know, flares if you need to set something up. So I have that, which is just kind of a quick emergency yeah, kit just in, in case something happens. Uh, but I do have, we have AAA uh, for my family, so I have that. So that if something happens with me or my wife, then we have access to somebody to come help. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's super smart. I know as soon as I bought my first vehicle, it was like the first thing my dad was like, you need to get this. So yep. always a Boy Scout. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, my dad was in the Army uh, growing up. So yeah, Boy Scout motto, be prepared. Yep. Won't be sorry about that. That's for sure. No, not at all. Do you have any questions that I haven't asked 
anything that you'd like to answer or uh, possibly, uh, you know, something that you want to clear up about the industry that other people might have, like a misconception, something along those lines? I am in sales, so obviously I'm out trying to sell things, but, you know, really what it comes down to for, for our company, I think what helps set us apart is, is it's about building relationships with people and in, in any sales. I, I think that's the biggest, most important thing for me. What I think helps me be successful is that I, I do help build relationships with people instead of, you know, for example, we sell two year agreements for the most part where I work. And I've known guys that work with it when they sell somebody on a contract, they don't, they don't talk to them again until it's renewal time. Whereas our company really strives to make sure that you're keeping in touch with those folks that you just, you know, not going to see them every week. You don't want to be a nuisance, but over the course of a two year partnership, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm going to see my, my folks, you know, eight or 10 times over that, that time period. So again, I'm not in there every week, but just making sure that you're keeping in touch with them and making sure, Hey, is there anything you need? Can I do anything for you? Or just, Hey, thanks for being a part of my network. Thanks for, for your business. Um, I think a misconception for, for salespeople is that they're just all about the transaction, making money. And, uh, you know, the really good ones, I think, make it about the relationship instead. I mean, for example, my wife and I had dinner with one of my customers uh, a few weeks ago uh, at their house. And so, yeah, it's more than just going out and selling the product. It's, it's really building relationships with people. Yeah, that, that yeah. is very insightful. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. And finally, Every episode, we ask our guest for a song they used to or currently listen to all the time on the road. What is yours? Well, I I was born in the 70s, but, but kind of really grew up in the 80s. So if, if it's 80s, then that's, that's my jam. Um, so I, I have a huge playlist of, you know, 250, 300 songs on my, on my phone that has a bunch of 80s songs on it so that's really if i'm going to listen to certain type of music more often than anything else it, it's it's that um, but there is one particular song that over the last couple of months i really have enjoyed listening to in the car and if, if you're familiar with the band the cult it's a song called he sells sanctuary and there's just something about it that i think we probably all have one of those songs where you roll the windows down turn the stereo up almost as loud as it can go and you just love to listen to that song and drive. So that's that's one that uh, that I have really enjoyed. So yeah, so Ethel Sanctuary by the Cult has been one of my favorites the last last few months. And that concludes our latest episode of the Road Warriors podcast. Thanks to Jeff for coming on the show. And to those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you listened to, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have stories, we would love to hear them. Fill out our quick survey to let us know why you should be our next guest. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Thanks again, and drive safe.